as you have the nature of joy you hold to be rejoicing but you see it's not enough to have the nature you must put your nature to work now because god already promised that he's going to be with us in his world to the end of days we have no cause to be sad we have every cause to rejoice. the number one thing you must treasure is god's voice god must be able to speak to you at all times a believer must be in alignment with god a believer must be able to decode god's voice now, god doesn't just give the word sometimes he gives instructions those instructions are like strategy don't just receive the promise in your heart also receive the process stewardship of the spirit and now remember the first sunday i spoke about stewardship i talked about benefits of stewardship there is no reward until you serve rewards are for people who serve rewards earthly rewards and heavenly rewards both are eternal rewards when god gives you rewards they are eternal rewards they are things that contribute to your eternal relevance they are not just temporary rewards if god gives you materials they are not just temporary they are meant to contribute to your eternity are you getting what i'm saying so to you having a blessing material blessing having a physical blessing they are not just temporary as it were they are given to you to contribute to your eternal program on the earth are you getting what i'm saying to heed it to hate it so rewards are for people who serve in the place of service you are maritally settled in the place of service you attained the height of greatness the scripture says whoever wants to be great should be the least that is should be the servant so there is greatness traceable to service and there are a couple of other things that i said um, are rewards are benefit of service and then i remember defining service that was when i taught on saved and sustained to serve i said service stewardship is simply service to god and humanity in your local assembly and beyond and thank god last week when i say that of local assembly was actually emphasized and it's good you got that straight because while i was speaking on sunday i said that it begins in your local assembly in fact you might not be useful in your family biological family until you are useful in your spiritual family um, because until god save you recreate your spirit and plant you in a spiritual family and teach you a certain basic elementary things about faith and now begins to show you things that you are supposed to carry out for him you may not actually be useful to your neighbors to your families to your community and to your nation uh, in totality so stewardship um, is simply service to god and humanity now today i want to i'll give you another um, definition stewardship is god ordained and sacred service um, to God and humanity or to himself and humanity alright is sacred is God ordained you must take note of that in the Christendom stewardship is sacred is God ordained probably where we go further you'll get to understand uh, more about it and I said the immediate platform for believers to serve is a local assembly take note and later in our neighborhood, neighborhood, workplaces, families, and community. So for you 
um, your responsibility in the family is to glorify Christ, to expand the kingdom of God. The reason why you participate in what you participate in family is for Christ to be reflected in you, to be glorified. All right? That neighborhood is for you to reflect Christ. You remember that scripture says that who is your neighbor? Somebody asked, and Jesus said there are three kinds of guys. Levites, you remember, a priest, and a good Samaritan. So the good Samaritan was useful to the man that was um, wounded. That service of helping that man is to glorify Christ. It shows love. That's what Christ was simply trying to depict in that story. And so when I explain to you what stewardship of the Spirit is of, or what it is, then you get the full picture. Now let me show you this scripture. It's very important that I show you. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Stewardship in the kingdom must be of the Spirit. And the Spirit I'm talking about is the Spirit of God. You have to see it beyond just something that you are just zealous to carry out. It's not something you are just passionate about. It's something that is born of the Spirit. It's something that is dictated of the Spirit. Alright, in the local assembly we don't just serve. We serve because the Spirit of God has upheld us, empowered us, given birth to us, and um, released us, empowered us to serve. We serve by His terms. Alright? We don't just serve, we serve by His terms. Stewardship of the Spirit. Romans chapter 12 verse 11 says, Not lagging in diligence, fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord. So it means service to the Lord is preceded by our fervency in the Spirit. Now, I will get to explain that all right, um, in details later. Let me show you two basic examples that you will learn from. I mean, all the people who served in the scripture and served successfully, they were stewardship of the mystery of the kingdom, both in the, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, are people who did by the Spirit. What it means to do something by the Spirit is you, dis, you do something by the dictates of the Spirit. You are not doing things by your reasoning. You are doing it by what the Holy Spirit inspires you to do. Alright? And then what the Holy Spirit has really called you to carry out, inspired you to do. Alright? And now give us Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 to 15. Our perfect model of stewardship is Jesus Christ himself. Now, he demonstrated that to them when he was washing their feet, you remember. Um, and Peter said, you will not wash my feet. Uh, Jesus Christ, you know, the almighty you. Jesus Christ said, if you don't allow me, then you have no part in my kingdom. And he said, wash my feet, wash my leg. In fact, he just beat me. Praise God. <laughs> so, and then he surrendered himself. So what Jesus was trying to do was to show them that whoever among you wants to be the greatest is not by occupying a top position, is by actually being the servant of all. Are you getting what I'm saying? Alright? So, but then let's look at the call, the stewardship of Jesus. He said, but Christ came as a high priest, that's verse 11. He came as a high priest of good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. So, Bible says, of good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Verse 12, 
He said, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Verse 13. Verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of Hepha, of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. So he's saying that, well, if booze and goose blood, you know, was purifying the flesh, you know, how much more shall the blood of Christ? Who through, now take note, who through the eternal spirit, so he couldn't have done it without the eternal spirit. Now the Holy Spirit, with the, the, the stewardship of the spirit we are talking about is the stewardship of eternal spirit, Holy Spirit. Who through the eternal spirit, now don't forget the Bible says, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So there was nothing Jesus did on the earth without doing by the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? While he was going to die, he had to give up the ghost because that was his main bond with the father. I am in my father and my father is in me, says Jesus. Now look at it. He said, offered himself without spots to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Can you see that? Now, leave, stay on the 14, please. Stay on 14. Now, there's something very important about 15, but let's get 14 first. Now, look at it. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spots to God to serve the living God? You see that? So, Jesus couldn't have served the living God without the eternal spirit. And that is why when he was going, he said, I'm going to your advantage. It's to your advantage because you have access to this eternal spirit. Peter couldn't preach the gospel. It was not that bold. It was, you know, cringing and all that. When the spirit came, Peter had boldness to preach the gospel. You see that. When they were harassed, they prayed again. The Holy Ghost came, you know, and then they were refreshed. And the Bible says they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see that. So they couldn't witness they couldn't, you know, last Sunday I said that stewardship, last two Sundays rather, stewardship is also witnessing. You remember? Bible says that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you and you shall be my witness. Now, stewardship is not about external things. It's not about having moustache. Maybe your, your, your mentor has moustache and is very, very effective, you know, in the things of the kingdom like that of a uh, moustache, like that of a Macaulay and then you keep... You are now thinking of keeping a moustache or something or your mentor has a goatee, you know, stuff. And then because of that, it has nothing to do with external things. And that's why God has used all kinds of people. Tall, short, fair, dark. Do you understand? You know, because it has nothing to do with your feet. Paul was short. You see that? Now there are disciples that could have been tall that God used. You see that? It has nothing to do with your physical appearance. It has everything to do with your spiritual status. You see that? So, it says, through the eternal says, serve the living God. So, he served the living God. How did he serve the living God? By coming here to offer himself, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You see that? He served humanity. He served God by offering himself for you to also serve the living God. You see that? Now, verse 15. Verse 15. And he said, And for this reason he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. You see that? Promise of the eternal inheritance. Praise God. All right. I said, praise God. 
Let's see Romans chapter 1 verse 9. Romans chapter 1 verse 9. Let's read from verse 8. First, I thank God, my God, through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Alright? Throughout the whole world. What this means is that your faith is productive. People heard of your faith and then they give God praise. Alright? They knew the way you were and now that you operate in faith and then we could see the results. Alright? Of your faith. Throughout the whole world. This is an international faith. Praise God. He said, God spoke to me about it. He said, you could have a local faith when you are witnessing in Jerusalem. Then it gets to a point you go to Judea and then it gets to Samaria and then it gets to uttermost parts of the world. You see that. So, but he said your faith is spoken of. So that means we could see the impacts or the influence of what God is doing in your life in your environment, in the lives of others. Alright? Verse 9. Look at what it says. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer. I want you to take note of this. Always in my prayer. So one of the ways by which you serve is to make mention and pray for people, intercession. Is that clear? But I want you to take note. How does he do it? With my spirit. Now, Paul is making us know in here that you don't serve just with your mind. You serve with your spirit. That stewardship is of the spirit. When he says, is spirit. Now, the same Paul, if you continue to search the scripture, you realize that Paul filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, Paul swallowed up spirits, energized by the Holy Ghost. His spirit could not have functioned all right, without the Holy Ghost. Is that clear? Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said he that is joined with the Lord become one spirit with him. So when he says, I serve with my spirit, he's actually saying I serve with my spirit under the governance of the Holy Ghost. Are you getting what I'm saying? So my spirit, I serve with my spirit being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you get that, can you say amen? So, it is sacred, it is God-ordained, alright? And then, it is of the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Now, he said, I mention of you in my prayers. Before you go, let's do verse 10. Verse 10 of um, Romans chapter 1. Verse 10 of Romans chapter 1. As I'm making request, if by some means, now at last, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. This is how you know. is by the Spirit. Can you see that? I may find a way in the will of God. Now, I, 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 the Word of God corrects. So when we preach, there is room for correction. Now, people said, when some people... You know, we say, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And then they are correcting, they corrected Domwe that that particular scripture in context was prophesying about the coming of Jesus being the way. Is that not what it is? That's what some people said. And then what they said is not out of tune, but they made a mistake. The mistake they made that if you are now in the way, there are many ways. So when somebody still sings, God will make a way where it seems to be no way, is still right. Praise God. 
So you could see in the scripture now that Paul was saying, well, I serve with my spirit. I'm becoming sensitive to the dictates of the spirit, making requests, mentioning in my prayer, making requests. If by some means, I have to say that because some of us listen to jargons online, not a whole counsel of God. If it is not the whole counsel of God, it is, if it half truth is, is worse than ignorance, praise God. So it's better you are ignorant that you are told half truth. Alright? Now, look at it. Making requests, if by some means, now at last, I may find a way. Not the way. He has found the way. The way is Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? I am the way, the truth, and life. John chapter 14, verse 6. So you see, now at last, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. You can't have access to the will of God except if it is revealed to you. And if it's revealed to you, it's going to be revealed to you by the Spirit of God. Glory to God. If you are still here, can you say amen? amen? So this is still worship. He's not just going to go by himself. He's going to listen to the Spirit to inspire his movement. Do you get what I'm saying? A Spirit-dictated service is still worship. Not just being zealous to carry out things for God. Now, if it's a spirit-detected service, it's going to be a spirit-sponsored service. Are you getting what I'm saying? If it's a spirit-detected stewardship, it's going to be a spirit-provided, a spirit-sponsored, a spirit-empowered, a spirit-supervised, a spirit-heavily defended, a spirit-fortified stewardship. Is that clear? But if it's not dictated by the spirit, you're on your own. First Thessalonians chapter one verse five to six. First Thessalonians chapter one verse five to six. For our gospel did not come to you in word only. We are not here to just talk. You know, in, in First Corinthians chapter two, it was talking about um, um, eloquence. He said we did not come to you with oratory gifts, even though we came and spoke. But guys, we came to you speaking the word of God. Empower demonstrations of the Spirit so that your faith will not stand on the wisdom of this world, it will stand in the word, in the power of God. So now he says, When our gospel came to you, the gospel, now don't forget, he described this gospel and he defined it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you read from verse 1. The gospel, in summary, is the goodness, the good news of Christ. And what is the good news of Christ? That he died and he was buried. And it was raised from the dead as a demonstration of God's love that thou or that you may be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. And everything as a full package of redemption has been put in place for you. That is the good news. So it says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And in much assurance, assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Verse 6. So it says, as you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. So that means there were challenges, probably persecutions and hatred from the community, but they still received the word with what? Joy of the Holy Spirit. So that means they didn't just call, go to Thessalonica, they went there being directed by the Spirit. You know there was a time they wanted to go into some 
you know, communities, to some towns, and they were forbidden from going. And the Bible says the spirits told them not to go. They wanted to go. They desired to go, which means they saw the need for them to preach gospel in that place. But the Holy Spirit forbade them from going. He hindered them, restricted them from going. So that spirit dictated stewardship. You see that? The stewardship that is born of the spirit, not just born of zeal. Do you understand? Not just born of passion. Oh, I heard a lot of people are dying in Africa and I'm going from Africa. You were born and raised in Europe and you are going to Africa. You are going there to die like they are dying in Africa. In, in um, you know, like 20, 30 years ago, there were, that, those were the things that some people heard and then they received. They, somebody like Rehabonke saw Africa washed by the, with the blood of Jesus. You see that? At the age of 10, God communicated to him and God told him he was going to need him to walk in Africa. And he relocated to Lesotho. And started learning, started doing the gospel right from, you know, small gathering and blah, 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 until everything blew up. Glory to God. And then by the time he was going to die at the age of 79, it was documented 79 million souls were won for Christ. If he had remained in England or he stayed back at Frankfurt or he's in Germany, the stewardship could have been a waste. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because there is actually the way the Holy Spirit wants you to do it. And there is always the way or the place he wants you to reach out to or the kind of people. So you see now, they received the joy. Go back to verse Verse, verse 5. He said, not in word only. We got instruction. As we got instruction, the instruction was from the Holy Ghost. But also in power and in the Holy Spirit. So when we came, we came full package. Glory to God. Alright? Now don't forget I said your stewardship. Now, um, I believe uh, I'm going to get there. One of the cogent reasons we are saved is to serve. We are translated from darkness to light to be responsible sons and daughters of Christ. One of the reasons where, you know, um, Old Testament is the copy. So, Egypt is the darkness. Canaan land is the kingdom of his dear son. Jugeda. Alright? Now, it's just that it doesn't take us 40 years to move from Egypt to Canaan land. Alright? It could take us 40 milliseconds. Praise God. Just confessing and believing God and then you are translated. Glory to God. Alright? So, now, this is what I wanted to get. When they were going to be uh, liberated, emancipated from Egypt, you see what God told Moses in Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. Give us Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. 8 verse 1. When God met with Moses, all the interaction and blah, blah, and the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, let my people go, that they may... Do you see the reason there? That they may what? Serve me. Exodus 9.1. Exodus 9.1. Exodus 9.1. Now, he said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. That they may serve me. Now, look, let me tell you. The reason why we are saved, primarily, is not just to enjoy goodies and then to enjoy prosperity, even though that's part of the package, but the main reason we are saved is to serve. Stewardship. 
Now in Luke chapter 10, if you read 1, 2, 3, he sent them out. He first sent some people out, 70, and sent more people. That's chapter 9. Send more people, chapter 10. And then he says, you have to pray that God should send in more laborers. You have to pray that God should send in more laborers. So what he's saying is this. As much as we have more people getting converted, we can have more laborers. Are you getting what I'm saying? The more we win souls, the more laborers we have. Because once you are one for the Lord, you need to be nurtured. As you are growing, you are enlisted in the army of the Lord. Glory to God. So you fight and expand the territory. What we fight for, what soldiers fight for is to defend territory. Is that not? And then if they win more battles, they win more, they can take over territories and expand the territory. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what we do. Influence different spheres in the world. Different sectors. Different parastatas. Alright? Different areas. Even with our businesses and with our career. So our career needs to be winning. Our businesses must be winning. If we see those businesses and our career as a stewardship platform upon which Christ can be glorified and the kingdom of God can spread. Is that clear? So we can win. And we are winning in Jesus' name. If you check Exodus chapter 3, 10 verse 3, the same thing, let my people go that they may serve. But I want to really zero in on something that is very important, alright, uh, concerning um, service, service, concerning service, concerning service, <laughs> concerning service. I just like what I'm sharing with you because they are very, very interesting, okay, concerning service. Service in itself or stewardship is in two categories mainly. Is in two categories. Number one category. I'm talking about stewardship of the spirit. Number one category is your worship to God. Your worship to God. The number two category is your walk with God. Now take note. Your worship to God. Your worship to God speaks of intimacy and fellowship with God, which I mentioned on Sunday, and then Pastor Shea mentioned on Wednesday, you know, briefly. Your intimacy with God, your intimacy with God, your worship. Now, I want you to get this straight. If there is no worship, there is no work. If you go ahead and do work, that work will not be effective, will not be productive, you will be tired, you will be offended, you, you, you will be mad. But if it's, the work is a product of the worship, then the work will be effective and be productive. Okay? Uh, let me tell you, regardless of what you face, if you see what Moses faced, if you face 1%, you will cause God. 1%. You know what it is for you to demonstrate power before people and for people to move from that same place you have demonstrated power to move forward to face another challenge and to be calling you names and to almost be calling, causing God to the extent that God said, let me wipe out these people. And Moses had to be an intercessor, a mediator between God and the people. And God said, it is better you wipe me out. Do you remember? Do you remember he said, God said, I want to close the order of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which God has established as a forever eternal ordinance. Do you know what, what Moses was interceding and interceding for? That God should have mercy on the Israelites in order to uphold the covenant that he made and the promise he made with Abraham. Child. Well, 
there's something I want you to if God says he wants to start God of the Moses and then let's say his son is Mati, God of the Mati and then the grandson is Joshua, God of Joshua so you now be God of the Moses, God of Mati and God of Joshua do you get what I'm saying? if God is saying I want to establish a new order and Moses said not so God in fact, one of the proof he gave God is that God, I want you to take note, that the countries all around will say it was because he wanted to destroy them, that's why you deceived them into the wilderness. There is only one person that does that kind of ministry in the New Testament. Jesus Christ is the mediator. Actually, that's it. You know Jesus is still serving you now? Ha! Ha ha ha! Because he's the mediator of the New Covenant now. He's still, until he comes back, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it talks about if you say you have an advocate. So the advocacy of Christ is the ministry of intercession from his office. Is that clear? Up to now. So worship intimacy. John chapter 4, verse 23. Must be born out of the spirit. That's the worship is born out of the spirit. That's the worship because you are born of the spirit. You always pant after the spirit. That's worship. You always you know, you are a naturally or supernaturally born God seeker. It's more or less like you can't breathe in the spirit and be nurtured to growth without smelling God, without perceiving Him, without hanging around Him, without hearing Him. You you get what I'm saying? That worship, that intimacy must be there. First Corinthians chapter six verse seventeen says, "Who that is born of the whoever is joined together with the Lord become one spirit with Him." That's intimacy. John 4, 23 says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. I want you to take note. The only thing in the scripture that is well written that God is seeking is true worshippers. Do you understand? That's why there are some versions that says, Tell Pharaoh, let my people go, that they may worship me. Do you get that? Because your worship is still worship. Okay? Go to the next verse. Verse 24. This is what the Lord seeks. He said, God is spirit and those who worship or serve him must worship him in spirit and in what? And in truth. Can you say amen? Say, I worship in spirit and in truth. You remember the story of Mary and Martha? The story of Mary and Martha. You can write this place down, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. We don't have all the time. Martha was running around to cook for Jesus, and Mary came and sat down at the feet of Jesus, who was listening to Jesus. And Martha came and accused Mary, and also accused Jesus, and said, Jesus, you can't even, if Mary did not have sense, Jesus, what happened? I mean, I won't say you don't have sense, but you can't even tell him to assist me in preparing food for you. And then Mary did not talk. Because matter was older, probably matter would have slapped, are you getting what I'm saying? The hell out of Mary. But Jesus looked at matter. He said, Matter, matter, you are disturbed with so many things. You are part of, you are disturbed. The fact that, you see, he said, Mary has chosen one thing. One thing is needful, but Mary has actually chosen that part. What is Christ trying to say? Worship and intimacy with me is, is more important than activities for me. Are you getting what I'm saying? Worship and intimacy with me is more important than what? Activities for me. I, I, I wish you can get that. 
is not condemning what Martha did, but he's saying, Martha, you should have given me your audience, and let me teach you. You will know how to get what you are supposed to do. You will know how to get it done the proper way you are supposed to do it. If you are intimate with me. So that is missing. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's why people can complain. If you see anybody complaining because of what they are doing in church, it's because intimacy is missing. The worship is missing. Do you understand? So because they are like Martha, who will come and say, why Jesus Christ, why am I serving and serving and serving and this one you just come and listen and his life is getting better. Why I'm serving and serving and serving, I'm the one that arranged the chair. This one will just come and sit down and lift up hands. Whereas some people are running around during the service. That's why I am very careful with a lot of activities around when people are not listening. You can even sit down and may not be listening. Hmm. If you are an activity person, it is in your mind. Your mind is clouded with activities. How you are going to beat the drum? That's what is in your mind. As I'm talking, you are not listening. How you are going to beat the drum? How you are going to sing the best, you know, the song in the best way? It's just... That's why if you ask people who work in church, if you ask them that this Sunday, upper Sunday, this month, none of you are going to work, new set of people are going to work, just sit down and hear God's word, they will not be themselves. You get, they have become so wired with what they do to the extent. That's why when people join church, they just want to join, especially when they are still young, they just want to join a department. I want to use my voice for God. I want to be able to, I mean, usher people. I want to, you know, that they, they just want to serve. The zeal is there. There is nothing wrong with having zeal. But zeal without knowledge is complicated. It's dangerous. So zeal cannot fuel the, the stewardship of the Spirit the proper way. Zeal is not enough. Passion is not enough. There is need for us to have worship, to be intimate with Him. Is that clear? To be intimate with Him. Else you'll be complaining like matter. Mark 3, 13 to 15. Jesus Christ went to the mountain. Before he sent them out, he called 12 to himself. And Bible says that they might be with him. That's intimacy. That they might be with him first. Look at it. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. God has called you to be in the, in the kingdom of his son. And you have come to him. Look at it. Next verse. He says, Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him. So being with him is crucial. First, you can't go out and present him without being with him. You see that? And that he might send them out to preach. Can you see that? That's still worship. But you see, being with him is also still worship, intimacy, and then going out on his behalf to preach him, to glorify him, stems out of being with him. You see that? You remember when the apostles can give us um, Acts chapter 3 verse 11. I will show you something. Acts chapter. You know Acts chapter 3. Somebody got healed. Do you remember? It became a case. Give us 4 verse, verse 13. Let's read it. 1, 2, 3, go. Everybody. Now, read louder. 1, 2, 3, go. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they are being with you see that? Intimacy. So you just rub off on them. 
So why did they realize that they might, have, they might have been with Jesus? You know that they saw the same kind of boldness in Jesus. Do you remember? He didn't send them. He was telling them, what to you Pharisee? That's boldness. So you can imagine God pushing your business now. The kind of boldness you will be using to push it. Your, Jesus pushing your business. So you can imagine Jesus Christ being the medical doctor now. Or being the fashion designer. Using that fashion as a platform upon which Alright? The purpose is executed. You see that? I think it was Paul said I was talking about platform and the purpose last Wednesday. Alright. So you see. So like a channel through which the gospel can be passed across. So being with him is more important. Look, if you don't understand being with him, stay with being with him. So without true worship or fellowship of the Spirit, there is no effective work with God. Work with God. So that's, we are still on number one. Everyone who is intimate with Him, knowing and fellowshipping with Him, consistently, He engages to carry out heavenly agenda on the earth. You can't introduce God you have not met. The sons of the prophet cannot bring out a jacket and hit Jordan and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Because they didn't meet the Lord God of Elijah. Are you getting what I'm saying? They didn't meet the Lord God of Elijah. Elisha saw the Lord God of Elijah taking his prophet up. Are you getting what I'm saying? He saw it. And when he saw it, because that, the prophet told him, he said, if you see me when I'm being taken, he saw it. He said, the Lord God and he started therefore and the mantle fell. When he was coming, he met the same Jordan. Instead of waiting, you know when they were going, he waited, the prophet was there, the prophet parted it. When he was coming, it was without the prophet. Or it was with the mantle. You see the difference? And these guys were on the other side, mocking him. So when he got to the Jordan, he hit the Jordan with the mantle. It wasn't just about the mantle, it's about the spirit that took the prophet, which also enrolled him. Because don't forget, the prophet asked him, he said, what do you want? He said, double portion. <laughs> and the sons of the prophets came. See, you see, the sons of the prophets did not have the spirit of the prophet. They came to come and bow down before Elisha, who is actually the true son of the prophet. Intimacy. He wouldn't have been able to get the double portion if he was not intimate with the God of Elijah. He was intimate with Elijah. Others could have been intimate with Elijah, but being intimate with the God of Elijah is different. Do you get what I'm saying? Association. That's one of the problems of Lot. He was so close to Abraham, he didn't know the God of Abraham. There's difference between the two. You can associate with people by the flesh and know them by the flesh. In fact, you can be familiar. But if you don't know the same God they know, it will be difficult for them to pass the same thing to you. That's the difference between Joshua and the rest of Israelites. So you can't show or teach about God you don't know. You can't show God you don't know. You have to know before showing. Is that clear? There is no public ministry without private intimacy with God. There is no public ministry. You know all of us have been called to be reconciliators. There is no public ministry without private intimacy. And the private intimacy I'm talking about is not uh, 10 minutes True service is born of the womb of the Holy Spirit. It is born in the manifest presence of the Spirit in the place of continual prayer. Take note. A place of continual prayer 
intense worship, consistent fasting, and daily meditation of God's word. I will repeat. True service is born of the womb of the Holy Spirit. It is born in the, in the manifest presence of the Spirit in a place of continual prayer, in the place of semicolon, continual prayer, intense worship, consistent fasting, and daily meditation of God's word. So many people have gone to town carrying out activities without the substance of the Spirit, without the grace, without the unction. So genuine service is working with God, number two now. So we are done with the intimacy. Please, this intimacy is very important. You go in your place of prayer and pray in the Holy Ghost. Your business is a platform, is a channel through which God can reveal Christ. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You fast, not waiting till Friday, when we all fast. You fast by yourself. Declare three days for yourself. Sit down with the Word. Read it. Read it. Overcome that distraction from God's Word. Are you getting what I'm saying? Read the Word. Stay with it. So working with God, taking responsibility. Working with God is taking responsibility to expand the influence on the frontier of the kingdom of God and to glorify Christ. Taking responsibility. Now, this one involves physical activities. It involves, and let me tell you, you see, both the one of the worship and the one of the working with God must glorify Christ. That's how you know something is still worship that is of the Spirit. It must what? Glorify Christ. Take notes. Number one, it must glorify Christ. Let me give you as many as I can give you, you know, before I close. That still worship of the Spirit must only glorify Christ. It must not glorify self. It's not about you, it's about Christ. The Bible says, he that is saved or he that died for us, all right, already did, that we might be saved and we should no longer live for ourselves. So the life we live now must glorify Christ. The scripture says that everything that you now do in word and in deed must be to the glory of God. Must be to the glory of God. That's why I say, allow the word of God to dwell in you in all richly. You understand? Colossians chapter 1, 16, 17. Must be to the glory of God. Your words and your action to the glory of God. That transaction in your business to the glory of God. That particular deals in friendship, network, relationship to the glory of God. Is that clear? To the glory of God. It's your, your daily life style is a stewardship to God. And that's the way I want us to see it. It's beyond what you carry out in the local assembly. Your daily lifestyle is a stewardship of the God. Alright? Your actions in the neighborhood. You don't have to be chased before you pay. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you have the money to pay, it's stewardship. You don't have to be motivated by a motivational speaker that make your you know, customer satisfaction or customer delights. And then when motivational speaker just motivates you like that, what is at the back of your mind is the money you are going to get in return for the value you are offering that is, that is called customer satisfaction and delight. You are not seeing it as an eternal thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? That beyond the money is what can actually affect the heart of your customers because there is a gospel that you carry. There is a God you carry on your inside Instead of solving the problem of them walking barefooted and giving them shoes, there is something that God wants to also address in their... Do you get what I'm saying? Somebody can be wearing the best of shoes and be living in a very deserted place in the realm of the Spirit. Is that clear? And they need to be trans... 
You can be wearing Nike, be wearing Puma, be wearing whatever, and then you are operating in an isolated, are you getting what I'm saying, in the realm of the spirit? So a shoe producing company or a shoe trading company is there to give beyond shoe. I hope you understand what I'm saying. You are giving beyond shoe. Hey, I, I just pray God to open your eyes to see this thing. You know you can prophesy on your shoes that whoever buy these shoes, as it enters their leg, they will be seeking Christ. Yes, you can prophesy on your business that as customers come, they will buy beyond products. As they buy the products, they receive the grace. Do you get what I'm saying? So let, don't let us be casual with things. And that is what the diabolical word people do. They sprinkle all kinds of things everywhere. They want to extend the demons on their materials. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your own materials are not ordinary. Still worship in the place of work. Still worship in your classroom as a student. Still worship everywhere you find yourself. So those who know this will not secretly go somewhere, will not be living a dual life. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know that everywhere you are, you are a steward. <laughs> Don't let me stay long there. So number one is that he must glorify Christ. Please, if it's not glorifying Christ, if that action is not glorifying Christ, if that business is not glorifying Christ, drop it. Because he must glorify Christ. Number two, he must be born out of oneness with God. I have said that. Acts chapter 27, 23. Acts chapter 27, 23. I've quoted John 4, 24. There's no need. I've quoted 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But Acts 27, 23 says, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong, whom I serve. I want you to see something there. If you don't belong, don't serve. Did you see it? If you can see it, can you say amen? amen? I want us to read it. One, two, three, go. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom... Do you see that? So the reason why you could worship is because you belong. The reason why you, should, you can walk with him is because you belong. Now I use the word with, I did not use for the Lord. Because you can walk for the Lord and be abandoned. The Bible says, in your name we prophesy. In your name we heal the sick. In your name we did this. And Jesus said, I don't know you. So that means, if he doesn't know the person, the person, he doesn't reckon with the work. Is that clear? If he doesn't know the person, he does not reckon with the word. <laughs> he does not reckon with the work. He said, I don't know you. You know the reason why he shut them out? He said, I don't know you. You do all those things, but I don't know you. So that means intimacy, one-on-one -on -one relationship first. You see that? Before doing anything. Who are you, Lord? That was what Paul asked him. You remember? When he said you persecute. Who are you, Lord? And then he told him, I'm the one you are persecuting. Blah, blah, blah. Send for this. They will lay hands on you. And then he started knowing the Lord. He started knowing the law. For three days he was fasting and praying. He did not hit anything. It was a period of knowing the Lord. Then he still went up for some training, for some personal stuff. It was a period. That's why he said, I do not confer to flesh and blood. I started by encountering the Spirit of God, Christ Himself, and I continue like that. 
wasn't an association thing. I did not write to meet Hagabos. I did not write to meet Peter. Are you getting what I'm saying? I wasn't trying to belong to a particular group of people. I wasn't planning to... Are you getting what I'm saying? They might be the reigning people. They might be the one influencing the body. I wasn't planning to, you know, to associate by flesh to any group of people in order to be relevant in ministry. I just go after the Lord. Is that clear? <laughs> what I'm sharing with you is very important. Because there are people who think if they belong to a particular group, they will be known. But that's not the angel of God to whom I belong. Not the people I belong. Are you getting what I'm saying? To whom I belong. So God can now connect you with those people. I don't have all the time to share this with you. Bible says in Galatians, if you read from Galatians chapter 2 from verse 19 or thereabout, he said, when they saw the grace of God upon me, John James, Peter, who seems to be pillar, Peter and James, who seems to be pillar, gave me and Barnabas a right hand of fellowship. If there is no grace on you, you don't belong to any group. It's grace that initiates your belonging to any group. But how will the grace get there? You will belong to God first. That's the custodian of grace. Is that clear? <laughs> I love what I'm telling you today. I hope you can get it. Number three. Number one is must glorify Christ. Number two is that oneness with God. Belonging. Number three. Born of love. Is a stewardship. Born of love. Born of love. Born of love. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. Quickly. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. But faith working through what? Love. Faith working through love. Romans chapter 14 verse 23. Romans chapter 14 verse 23. We are coming back to Galatians chapter 5. He said, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is what? Now I want you to take note of something. So whatever is not of faith is not is sin, right? But they say faith works through what? You remember the Bible says love covered the multitude of... Aha. Now go back to Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. For you brethren have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. Hmm. This is agape. So you are not serving because of what you are going to get in return. Your business is not just there because of the money you are going to get in return. You are going to get money in return. Big money. But what is the main purpose? Is to spread the gospel. Do you get that? You go to school for the kingdom. You become professional for the kingdom of God. Not, to, not just for the, your local assembly. Not for your pastor. For the kingdom of God. If you have a kingdom mentality, then your local assembly's work is settled. Is that clear? Is that clear? It's beyond your local assembly. That's why if they offend you in your local assembly, you think of the kingdom. You think of Christ. Even if your pastor offends you, you think of Christ. Are you there because of your pastor? You are there because of Christ. Is that clear? Love. Whatever is not of faith is sin. And faith works by love. So love must be the reason and the motivation for worshipping God and for working with Him. Just a little offense. Some people say, I'm not coming to church again. That is 
to childish. And it's not your fault, probably because you have not been taught. Now you are being taught. Grow up. Alright? And if you are taught and you refuse to understand, then it means you need help. This stewardship that is born of love, listen, is what is described by Paul as serving with faith and a pure conscience. Probably have seen that before in the scripture. A pure conscience is a conscience that is void of offense. You know, we give no offense that the ministry will not be hindered. Stewardship will not be hindered. That is from a heart, from a heart void of offense and void of unforgiveness. Alright? Because that heart is full of love. Praise God. So it's a ministry born of love. Because we don't have all the time. Let's go. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. Can you see that? Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 3. Verse 4. We give no offense. <laughs> we give no offense. Look, we take no offense. But in all things are proving ourselves as the ministers of the gospel. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of, the, of God in much patience, you see that, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, yes, in stripes, in imprisonment, not just one, imprisonment, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, in fastings, yes, that's the worship, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love. You see that? Mm-hmm. Verse 7. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the hammer of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Please read the rest. Praise God. Number four. A stewardship of the Spirit. Faithfulness to God. The one that is of this is faithfulness to God. Now, I think Pastor Shea dead with that on Wednesday. You know, she was talking about faithfulness in little things. and It begins with, let me tell you, there is no great person God ever used that he didn't start with something little. Pastor Yadebe was an interpreter. If he has fumbled as an interpreter, he can't be general overseer. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's simple. What, how God does things is this. Even when you start carrying out activity for him, that's why intimacy is good. Is that intimacy that will be helping you? Helping you. In the intimacy, the offenses and everything is absorbed. He will tell you, are you doing it because of them or because of me? Are you getting what I'm saying? So why is it that what they said is affecting you and what I say is not affecting you? You see that? There is nobody. There is nobody. I remember um, Pastor Koju, um, uh, Pastor Wodukoya. They were ushers in Pastor Tunde Yoda's church. Ushers. Helping them for a special program. Not that they were really members. They just volunteered to be ushers. You understand? And two of them went to start their church. And the two of them are known today. Are you getting what I'm saying? The same thing when Chris Okutia was in Pastor Tunde Yoda's church. There are people that one way or the other they started serving in little, little things. And God saw their faithfulness 
and began to increase what he has given to them. You see, there is a difference between riches and true riches. When you enter true riches, it's beyond just having money, having materials. It's having people with money. You have entered, you have entered. You can't go back to poverty. True riches is eternal. Faithfulness. And let me tell you, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's, something, it's not something that you pray for. It's something that is part of your nature. That you must just begin to demonstrate. You know joy is part of your nature. And I've thought about that before. That joy is part of your nature does not mean you are not sorrowful. But you must deliberately engage joy. If you don't, you can be living under the influence of the devil. Number five, consecration. Consecration. Now, this is where most of us have issues. Consecration. Nothing is used in the whole testament in the shadow or the copy of the reality of the originality of the tabernacle we are in without a proper separation. Consecration. Now, for God to use face masks, Though you can't, you can't imagine God using face masks. Have you, can you imagine God using face masks? <laughs> then let us go there. For God to use this, anything God is using at all, it must be first what? Separated. Consecrated for his use alone. God doesn't use things with people. Amen? So that's why he doesn't have a rival. Is God by himself or for himself? Only him occupy that space. And you get what I'm saying. And we must give him that space. Nothing must be in rivalry with him. And that's what consecration is. So look at the Old Testament. The brazen plate. The Ark of Covenant. All the vessels they use. All the golden um, censer. Now, they were sprinkled upon with the blood and separated for God's use. Is that clear? The same way the blood of Jesus has also washed us. When we gave our lives to Christ, we're sanctified and separated. But let me tell you, being separated as a child of God is different from being separated for his use. Being separated as a child of God means that there are still mistakes you make. There are things that will, you know, it's a laying aside weight and sin that easily what? Ensnares us. Even on your way to service, even while you are serving, there are still things that will be thrown at you by the kingdom of darkness. As bait. So you know what the Bible says? In a great house there are different kind of vessels. Two categories basically. Honor, the honorable vessels, and dishonorable vessels. Of different kind of types or kinds. Or different kinds of um, um, quality. Or let's put it like assignment. There are vessels of wood, clay, bronze, Gold, are you getting what I'm saying? Different kinds of assignment. And then they are now of two categories. There are dishonorable clay, there are honorable clay. There are honorable gold, dishonorable gold. Are you getting what I'm saying? So those are the two kinds of stewards we have in church or in the body of Christ. There are ones that will lie in the place of their business, there are ones that won't be able to lie. They are actually in tune with God. Whom by two immutable things is impossible for him to what? To lie. Consecration. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. Quickly. 
That's right. We are separated and sanctified for the use of God. First chapter one. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Next verse. Alright? That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Sanctification and honor. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 to 26. Now, you can have certain issues that easily, probably you find it easy to abuse people, or you still struggle with sexual immorality, or probably... Now, it's in different levels now, different grades, and then we have to talk about it. Because if we don't talk about it, then we might not be able to solve the problem. There are people struggling with masturbation, struggling with pornography, struggling... Do you understand? And I've seen people opening up concerning different kind of stuff. But you see, I am saying this so that we can know that for us to be an effective steward, born of the Spirit, we have to get rid and to overcome that. Alright? And there are scriptures for it. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our word, our faith. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under the word, under the grace. So you have to be deliberate about it. Don't fold your legs, cross your legs, fold your arms, and think, well, uh, this struggle is too much, but I'll continue to push. Please, you have to overcome it. Somebody say, I'm more than conqueror. Can you say louder? Say, I'm more than conqueror. Second Timothy 2, verse 19 to 26. Nevertheless, the Lord's solid foundation of God stands. Now, listen, you know, the solid foundation of God stands, so it's not bending. You know. He said, Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Iniquity is a perpetual disobedience. Depart from iniquity. It's not saying you are not born again, but it's saying depart from iniquity. Next verse. And then it says, but in the great house there are only, not only vessels of gold and silver and also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. That's the two basic categories. Verse 21, it says, therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the latter dishonor, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, you see that, sanctified, consecrated, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. You see that? Prepared for every good work. God doesn't bless our mess. He cleanses us from the mess. Alright? So that the message can be revealed in us. It's very important. If you are in mess, you can't, you can't relay message. Hmm? A messed up messenger is not an effective messenger. Verse 22. Flee also useful lost. Can you see that? But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Ah, you know that. This is Paul telling Timothy this. Do you, do you, do you see that? If a whole bishop of a particular territory or district where you have pastors under you is being told, flee useful lost. <laughs> useful lost does not have respect for position. Respect for anointing. Is that clear? Flee youthful lust. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. It's those things that he has that he says he should pursue. With those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. When you are pursuing it, it belongs to a group of people who also pursue, are you going to say, from a pure heart. Next verse. That's why when you are struggling, don't leave the brethren. 
But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Next verse. And then he says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. Now, don't they, I don't enter ministry, school of ministry. Next verse. And he said, In humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. Not in humility cursing those who are in opposition. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I will curse you now, and you'll be born again. There's nothing like that. Well, let's leave all that. The next one is, it must be selfless. A stewardship of the Spirit is a selfless stewardship. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Let me close. Time is gone. But you need this. It's very important. Selfless. The reason why you are doing what you are doing is because it's born out of anything that is full of love is selfless. Though, But then I want you to see this. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, yes, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Can you see that? But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Honor others. Respect others. Even people who seem to be your younger ones in faith, respect them, honor them. Look down on nobody. Be selfless in whatever you are doing. Selfless. Selfless. Verse 4. He said, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You know you don't need that particular opportunity. Extend it to others. It's part of stewardship. Is that clear? Not becoming arrogant and thinking that people, if they get that opportunity, if they get this other opportunity, you know, people will be getting to your level. What level? What level? Selflessness. Number seven, heartily and willingly. Colossians chapter 3, 23 to 24. Let me give you one more after this. And then I will close. Colossians chapter 3, 23 to 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it heartily. Whatever you do, do it heartily. Heartily. Willingly. 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 Let it come from your spirit. Let it come from your heart. Don't do high service. High service is just a mere activity that is born out of no worship. Don't do things because pastor is there or because your leader is there. Don't do you understand? Do things because Christ is looking at you. There are people who deceive us who will say, uh, when we say pray, they say in and then and they will press out. Perhaps they are not doing they are not praying. Some are easily distracted. All kinds of things happen these days. Some people might even be watching movie and they will press in and they will come and press out. Why are you supposed to be praying? Who are you deceiving? Christ is there looking at you. And let's talk about this thing because I grew up early, I got born again when I was 10. So I have a church mind. There are crazy ways people think in church. I have to be developing directly now a psychology of pastor in the 12th, 21st century of the kinds of people. <laughs> All crazy kind of stuff. Any pastor that is not understanding and understand the ways of his people will soon be sold. And they will collect change. Praise God. And now whatever you do, do it utterly as to the Lord and not to men. Is that clear? Pastor is one of the men. Your leader 
leader of your department is one of the men. Don't be running around when you see pastor. Whereas you are sluggish, you are even sleeping when pastor is not there. <laughs> say, to you are you do- to whom are you doing it? It's to God, it's supposed to be to God. And let me tell you, if you are truly anointed, even if you are at the back of the church, always in one corner, doing what you are supposed to do, is within in no time you will be you will be, you'll be out in the open. Because God who sees in the private rewards in the public. Is that clear? So can even walking behind the scene. That is some people that go on the stage and you are the one walking behind the scene for them to be effective on the stage. And you are not known yet. But if you genuinely and faithfully do that, a time comes, you will also be found on the scene. Do you know um, um, Domwe was singing as a backup for a particular popular, in those olden days, somebody was a deep worshipper, you know, also well known. Domwe was one of his backup singers. Do you think somebody just, anybody just emerged? You don't just emerge. There's always a place you will have been very faithful when you were not known. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it's not everybody that will be known. I want you to take note. That is why it must be born of love. Don't have something attached to your service that you want to be known. If that is there, that means your motivation is wrong. And you'll be scheming. Pastoring is not to be known. Pastoring is shepherding people, nurturing people, walk in your local assembly and attend to your flocks. Don't go after popular, just attend to your flock. David was at the backside of the. Do you remember? And Samuel said, We are not going to sit down until they bring him. I was even thinking maybe the farm was not too far from the house. Farm where lion was coming, he must be far from the house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They waited, though. All of them stood until. And that's how God honors people who honors him in the secret. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are giving a song to score. Don't wait until the next Riaza and they ask you to. You wake up and you score. You do beyond scoring. You, what you have learned from different songs, you use it for other songs they have not rehearsed. That's how to know a disciplined, a committed, a selfless choir member. There are some who are hushers. They don't know how to stand, where to stand. Till now, they've been doing it for the past five years. They have not learned a thing on how to be strategically positioned and stand and help people to... Are you getting what I'm saying? Up till now, they still have to be told. For the past five years. Whereas in what you are doing, there is a whole string company. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you think you can do that as a company? God always rewards those who in the privacy. Actually, First Peter chapter 4 verse 9. Read verse 24 of this. Go to verse 4. 24. Colossians 3 24. Colossians 3 24. Actually, as to the Lord and not to men. Quickly. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So when he's talking about what you do, he's talking about service, stewardship. Is that clear? Whatever you do is stewardship. For you serve the Lord Christ. First Peter chapter 4, verse 9. Quickly. 
heartily, willingly, heartily, willingly. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the food of the land, the fruit of the land, the, the, the benefit of the land. If you are willing and obedient, that means there will be instruction that will be given. There will be things he will tell you to carry out. Some people here, the solution to the challenge you have is cleaning this place before our service. You can't know that until you are conversed with God in your intimacy. And God will clearly expose it to you. Go and be cleaning the church auditorium 6 a.m. or early in the morning or late Saturday night. Be cleaning it. When this thing disappears, then you come. You stop cleaning it. That, that, you have been praying, you have been fasting, you are even reading. Nothing is working. The solution is it's in the place of prayer. And God will tell you, wash your pastor's car, even though I won't allow you. By the time you are begging and you are crying, I will allow you. I'm not joking. Because that's beyond you. Is that clear? It's an instruction. It's an instruction. There's a popular man of God. If I mention his name, you know him quite well. But even as I'm telling his story now, you will know he's the one. He said specifically God instructed him to go and meet the hunters. You know the hunters? Healing ministers. Hold people to go and serve them. Scrub their toilets. Scrub. Serve them for two good weeks. And when he was to go, they prayed for him. Those hold people. Creative healing miracles. In order to partake of that grace and that unction. Is that clear? Service. And this service we are saying, is that you can, I can only serve God. I can't serve men of God. You are wasting your time. What's the difference between God and the men of God? Is it not the same God that is inside the men of God? If you don't believe, you don't love the brother you see, how are we sure you love God? Is it not in the scripture? So why do you downplay men of God? Brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, and say, you say, me is God. So, me and God. Me and, me and, me and, you will soon go and meet God. <laughs> then number last, number eight. Let me read this to you before I go to number last. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Can you see that? Without grumbling. Say, this person is coming to stay in your house. Say, me and no get space. Hey, hey, hey. I must not describe your mouth in my native language. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another. So that means there is a gift, gift to you. Gifted. You are gifted to minister. Hmm. Now, actually the point is utterly or willingly with all. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So, gift and grace is what God used, give you as tool and enablement to carry out your stewardship. I'm not going to get there in details, but let me just tell you, gift and grace is what God gives you as tools. Alright? And empowerment to carry out your stewardship. That's why Paul says, I labor more than them all, yet not high. But the what? The grace of God. When they saw the grace of God upon me, they gave me a right hand of fellowship. Expression of grace upon your life is actually the definition of stewardship. <laughs> so, it's a manifold grace of God. 
good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11. Verse 11. And he said, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the Holy Ghost of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Mm. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Number last, spiritual diligence. Spiritual diligence. Stewardship born of the Spirit. You will see there, always characterized with spiritual diligence. So I am back to that Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord. Now, give us another, maybe the message, TLB, Amplified. I want you to see different kinds. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the Master. Can you see that? Don't what? Burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the Master. Any other version? Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. Yes, spiritual diligence. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Any other one? Give us TPT. And let me tell you, the simple truth about this place is a crazy intercessory life. Are you getting what I'm saying? A crazy, and that's what we are calling people to do now in church. And we said, let's start with at least 10 minutes. Join that center. I have no business with any other group on intercession. We have suffered from different kinds of attack. I, inclusive. There is need for us to raise a very hot prayer altar. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where no flies can land or perch. You see that? If you are too cold, all kinds of things will be done in our life. Ephesians chapter 6, 18 to 20. Ephesians chapter... Paul was demanding of the Ephesus people to pray, to intercede. And let me tell you, how to not be lazy is to pray. Sometimes when you look at your high do, you are lazy... It's because you have not been praying. The Spirit of God will never allow you to be idle. I hate it when I see idleness. Tikko. Golo. I mean, you see some people, they'll be watching movies and say they are whiling away time. Which time? The time you don't have? What time? God forbid. By the time you are 85, 90, you'll be thinking you don't have time again. I'm not joking. God forbid anybody find himself or herself on the on hospital bed and they tell you you have you have two weeks to live to live. And we're actually counting, you know, and then once you are done with all this bottle of um, you can go. This is all that exists in the world. We have bought it from all the manufacturing. Once you are done with this drug, that's all. Then you will now understand God better. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards Him boiling hot, radiates with the glow of the Holy Spirit. 
and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Ephesians, let's close with Ephesians, NKJV, Ephesians chapter, five, chapter 6, verse 18. Go to verse 18. Don't forget, in verse 10, he says, finally, brethren. Somebody say, finally. finally. I'm on finally too. Praise God. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Then he talks about armor. So he said, now that you are decorated, you are now a soldier, this is what you should do. Verse 18. Praying how many times? With all prayer and supplication in the spirit. If they say there is no deliverance prayer, you are led to pray deliverance. Pray deliverance prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? Before you need before you start needing deliverance. <laughs> all supplication in the spirit. Where? In the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You can't be all about the body of Christ to advance and you will not be aglow and be diligent. There will always be opportunity for you to serve, to minister. Next verse 19. And it says in verse 19, And for me, that utterance may be given to me. So he first said, pray for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me. My friend, if you are not praying for me, your stewardship is not complete. If you are, we are not praying for the body, as part of the membership of the body, our stewardship is not complete. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That means there are people who want to shut the mouth. Is that clear? There are people who want to hinder the gospel. For your prayer, we help us to be able to declare. Verse 20. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that, well, I'm not in chains, but you know, he was in prison, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So he's still speaking in chains. He's still speaking from prison. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, let me tell you, if Paul the Apostle was in chain, was in prison, and he was speaking, and he was writing, there is nothing you are going through that should stop you. Is that clear? I've been through things. But there's one thing I will not stop doing, stewardship. Is that clear? Don't forget the stewardship is worship and working with God. Let's rise up. I hope you got something. Father, we give you praise, we worship. We know you have been blessed by the insightful teaching of God's word and impartation of God's spirit by Pastor Tokwe Awufisayo, brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, contact 080-3585-8047 or send a mail to admin at communioncc.org. You can also download more messages for free at www.communioncc.org. Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny in Jesus' name. Amen.